I am sitting in my closet. This is a very janky setup. Also, I sound very congested because I am congested. All right. And I'm in my little sister's closet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, using your little sister's phone to record. Yes, and uh, with my Dollar General headphones and <sighs> in my nightgown. Well, it's not really a nightgown. It's like a night pants and a night shirt, but I, I usually just say nightgown even though it's oh, not. Oh, yeah. It makes it seem like more vintage and just cool and chic all around. All right. Okay. So um, let me pull up my Google documents of all my stuff I've looked up. Episode one, there's this one historical figure. He's a founding father. He's particularly famous nowadays, and you might actually know him. He's a treasury secretary. He is Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. If you're a musical theater fan or on Disney Plus or literally anywhere at this point, you probably know who he is and literally his entire backstory just based on... The Broadway show Hamilton, an American musical. Have you uh, listened to slash watched um, the movie or the musical? No, I have actually not done either. Um, I literally yeah. practically know nothing about it. So you're you're one of the few at this point who knows nothing about um, like Hamilton. Yes. Oh, okay. So what exactly is the play about like overall? The play overall is about Hamilton's legacy and Hamilton trying to like have a legacy that people remember, which honestly the play itself solves the question in the whole like, oh no, will his legacy be remembered? Because the show is now his legacy. People remember him from the show. I don't know if it's what you wanted, but... So wait, what exactly is the show? Like, I know absolutely nothing. Oh, okay. I probably should give a synopsis for people who don't know the show. Okay, so basically there's Alexander Hamilton. He's he's selling to the selling to the new land and he arrives and he meets this guy named Bert. Oh no, Bert stands for nothing and Alexander keeps talking too much. Oh no, oh no, Revolutionary War, bam bam, cannons, firing, uh, George Washington. You're going to be my right-hand man, Alexander Hamilton. You're going to be my sidekick. War ends. Hamilton's best friend dies. Oh no, Hamilton says. I have so much work to do. Better get to it. <laughs> and then Hamilton works, works, works super hard. Can't stop talking. Thomas Jefferson's like, oh my word, you're so annoying. <laughs> and then Hamilton keeps working super hard. And then Burr, the guy I mentioned before, who stands for nothing, is like, actually, I'm going to run for president. And they're like, Hamilton, you can't run for president because you cheated on your wife. We hate you now. Uh, you're bad. Then... Jefferson wins and beats Burr and Burr is upset because Alexander Hamilton like actually endorsed Jefferson like his biggest enemy and that's the reason why he won for the most part because Alexander's so good at speaking. Anyways, Burr gets mad says I'm gonna fight you. Alexander says okay fine fight me and they do a duel but then Hamilton misfires whatever he aims his pistol at the sky wait oh no he dies. <laughs> so he's he's basically trying to work his way to the top and make a name for himself. Yeah, that's the whole show. He wants to make a name for himself. Anyways, okay, so, well, in the show, Hamilton has only two kids. Um, the first is Philip Schuyler. He's mentioned several times. He has his own song about the duel between him and a George Eaker. The second child in the play is mentioned very briefly in sort of an offhanded line um, where he says, I have a sister, but I want a little brother. That line. So only two kids are mentioned in the show, right? Yeah. Well, actually, Hamilton and his wife, Eliza, had eight children. 
not just the two that are mentioned in the play. Their names were Philip Hamilton, Angelica Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton Jr., James Alexander Hamilton, John Church Hamilton, William Stephen Hamilton, and Eliza Hamilton. Of course, because I'm a Hamilton fan, I kind of got curious about the kids. So you probably heard like um, after Philip Hamilton, the I have a sister, but I want a little brother line. Um, the sister he's referring to is Angelica Hamilton. Angelica Schuyler is actually in Hamilton the Musical. She's only mentioned in like this one line and take a break. Um, that's it. But Angelica actually has this interesting story too. So um, in this book called The Intimate Life of Alexander Hamilton, Alan McLean Hamilton wrote, Angelica was a very beautiful girl with a charming character who was very much like the aunt after whom she was named, being clever and talented. Um, throughout her life, um, Hamilton would send letters because he sends letters all the time. So in this letter he wrote to um, a nine-year-old Angelica Hamilton while she was staying at her grandparents' house. Oh my goodness, wait, I was actually going to send you this Google Docs. I'll just screenshot it. I want you to read off the letter that he sent in a Hamilton voice. I don't know what a Hamilton voice sounds like. It's okay. No, you can totally find a Hamilton voice. We can like I don't know, a voice that has something to prove. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> I was very glad to learn, my dear daughter, that you were going to begin the study of French language. Uh, we hope you will, in every respect, yeah. behave in such a manner as will secure to you the goodwill and regard of all those with whom you are. If you happen to displease any of them, be always ready to make a frank apology. But the best way is to act with so much politeness, good manners, and circumspection as to never have occasion to make any apology. Your mother joins in best love to you. Adieu, my very dear daughter. Aww. Was that okay, the way I read it? Yeah, that was the perfect Hamilton voice. This letter that you just read is like a very classic fatherly letter to send to your kid while she's at your mother-in-law's house. Like, behave yourself at your grandmother's worlds. <laughs> and one thing also, Angelica was really good at music. From what we know, she really loved playing music. And we do know that because of her father's money, she had good musical training. Her aunt, Angelica Church, often wrote about her namesake, and she wrote in a letter, Adieu, my dear Eliza, I shall bring with me a governess who understands music pretty well. She will be able to instruct Angelica. So Angelica was this sweet, this beautiful, this charismatic, charming, musically talented girl. But when she was 17 years old, at the brink of womanhood, something happened. She went insane. That is really, really crazy. So did she, okay, did she just, what happened? Like, did she just one day just snap? I mean, um, did okay, they? I have, I have the backstory to this. That is the question you are supposed to ask. Okay, we're, I'm going to tell this whole story and it's going to sound like I'm just meandering and it doesn't pertain to anything. This, I'm going somewhere. So basically there's this guy, he's a lawyer. His name is George Eaker. And on July 4th, 1801, this lawyer gives an Independence Day speech. And Philip, you know, Hamilton's oldest, I talked about him briefly, Angelica's older brother. Yes. And Philip Hamilton, he's like in the crowd or whatever, maybe. And he hears this speech and it gets kind of ticked at Eaker because Eaker was apparently talking smack about his father and his speech. Basically saying, It's Independence Day and your dad sucks. So, um, there's like actually no written version of the speech. I looked online. 
and I could not find one. This is like a big part of like why Philip is mad. It's actually debated whether Philip even mentioned Alexander Hamilton in his speech, and if he did mention Hamilton, he didn't even say anything bad, and if he did say something bad, it's only something like, um, Alexander Hamilton would not be opposed to overthrowing Thomas Jefferson's presidency by force. Okay, so it wasn't that big of a deal. It shouldn't have been that big of a deal, but Philip made it a really big deal, and it had to be about defending his dad's honor and, like, like, you know, a bro fight, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's basically like he feels insulted because his father's name has been kind of dragged like his you know and he's associated with his father it's like come at me bro how dare you touch down (laughs) on me bro (laughs) but it doesn't matter because philip is like super fired up it like doesn't matter like whether or not this stuff was said so four months later when he and philip's friend this guy named price scott are going to a show philip and price run into eaker and Philip's all like, Bro, you can't be disrespecting my dad like that. And then, um, Iker replies back, You damn rascal. So, side note, in the 1800s, saying rascals was like a super nasty word. Like, it was a bad word. <laughs> it was a word that would fire people up. Now it just kind of means, like, mischievous, like... Yeah, it's just like, oh, you little, ra- like, little rascals, the show, oh, you little rascal. But, now, like, <laughs> but then it, like, meant something, it meant something mean. Well, Philip challenged Eaker to a duel, and Price is, like, Philip's best bud, and he's like, okay, like, I'm st- I'm standing behind you, let's do this. And because, like, that's what you did to defend your honor and your father's honor back in the days. So he's like, bro, duel me at Weedhawken. That escalated really fast. It's like they looked at each other wrong, and now they're about to, you know, they're with swords, they're in the pit. Yes. They're like- <laughs> so the next day, Eaker duels Philip's buddy, Price separately and four shots are fired during this duel but no one was injured everything turned out okay the duels are fine rules were followed and everything was okay and then the day after that Eker goes to duel Philip okay so these are the rules of a duel each opponent would fire one shot and if neither was hit but the challenger was satisfied the duel would like be over and like everything would be fine however if the challenger was unsatisfied the duel would continue but no more than three shots were fired to just exchange more shots was just like considered barbaric and crazy so philip decides not to aim his pistol at all and he keeps his pistol just like pointed towards the ground and Eker does the same thing and they both just stare at each other they just stare and they stand and there's just like this awkward silence and you can just feel the tension like in this field. It's probably windy, it's probably cold, maybe it's raining. It's real ominous. And then they're just staring at each other, pistols aimed to the ground. Then slowly Iker raises his pistol up and then Philip sees this and they raise their pistol. They're both slowly raising their pistols at each other and all of a sudden, Iker shoots his pistol. It hits his mark. Philip is mortally wounded. He actually dies and he is buried in an unmarked grave in Trinity Church. Wow. I mean, so I actually I actually have um, a question about the grave. So you mentioned that the grave was unmarked. Do you know why that is? Yeah, well, actually, to die in a duel, there's, like, a lot of shame connected to that because, like, you've basically lost this duel for your honor or whatever. And also, duels were kind of, like, a little illegal and they're kind of hushed. So when you did a duel, you'd have to go to, like, places where they'd allow you to do duels and stuff. There's, like, a lot of shame. So his grave, he's, like, buried in this unmarked grave. Um, But actually, this does have to do with Angelica Hamilton. Let's get back to his sister. 
because that's who the story is about. So her her brother's death was the thing that pushed her over the edge. Yeah, it did. And Angelica Hamilton never recovered from it. So 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 she never ever never. She just went completely she just went completely crazy. Yeah. Her mental state completely deteriorated. Only sometimes was she a little bit lucid, and most of the time she couldn't even recognize her own family members. Not Alex Jr., James, John, William, or even little Eliza, her little sister. So, at 17, just at the brink of womanhood, before she ever even reached adulthood, she stayed in what people described as an eternal childhood. She never got to grow up. She would still often talk about her big brother as if he was still alive. Wow. That's just really tragic. That is incredible, like, for many reasons, because it's, she remembered her brother, who was dead, but she didn't remember her current living family. Yeah, she only, like, basically, she only would remember her big brother, which is, like, really sad. Like, really quick, I just want to add this in. Before Philip died, Eliza Hamilton, his mother, was pregnant with a baby and when this baby was born they named him philip hamilton to try to dispel this immeasurable loss they were feeling they gave him the same name which is like super sweet that is i mean it's very sad but also very sweet and actually speaking of eliza people don't really consider how hard her life was okay so first she figured out her husband was cheating on her by publishing a pamphlet that was national news and and he uh, he had the gall to publish that publicly for everyone to see. Yeah. Then her firstborn son died in a very like traumatic death, and promptly after that, her daughter went insane. Of course, like Philip's death was like exceedingly hard on the entire family, and the people around them talked about how no one in his family, no one in Philip's family, was ever the same again. So. Philip's death was a horrible, horrible tragedy, and I'm sure it affected the entire family, not just Angelica, but why do you think it affected her so much more than everybody else? So any guesses that of why it was different for Angelica? Maybe because her relationship with her brother was so tight and close-knit, because they were uh, you said they were, did you say they were close in age? I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah, so they, I'm pretty sure they were close in age. So they, uh, I think it might have, it's just a guess, but it might have had to do with their bond, their um, sibling relationship. Yeah, it really speaks to that. Yeah, that's actually one of the reasons I have down. But there's actually another reason why she might have gone mad. If she had a pre-existing condition, she probably might have like if she had like a pre-existing mental con- like condition like that probably would have aided her on to this like episode not just an episode so but, like good so could it could it even be linked to possibly like uh schizophrenia or something because schizophrenic oh. people i think uh i'm pretty sure they a lot of times they have issues remembering people or they um they remember things that happened like years and years and years ago so the fact that she could remember her brother, but not her current family. Well, there really wasn't that good mental health help in the 1800s or like ways to diagnose mental health problems, as you can imagine. 
Hey, um, Izzy, could you, like, read this history bit for me real quick? In early 19th century America, care for the mentally ill was almost non-existent. The afflicted were usually relegated to prisons, almshouses, or inadequate supervision by families. Treatment, if provided, paralleled other medical treatments of the time, including bloodletting and purgatives. Yeah, so, like, if you were mad, people might just assume, like, even more so that you were just, like, straight up possessed. Like, there was no, like, nowadays we're really open about mental health, but then there was, like, there was nothing. You got nothing. Nowadays, obviously, like, mental health and stuff has, like, improved immensely. However, historians can, like, look back at, like, what people said and what people did and what people thought of the other person around them and how people described them and accurately guess if they had a disorder or not. And actually, many historians, like, a lot of them, figure that Alexander Hamilton probably had bipolar disorder. Really? So... Do you mind defining bipolar disorder? Yeah. Actually, do you mind reading it? Um, it is defined as a mental condition marked by alternating periods of elation and depression. And some of the symptoms include euphoric moods, being easily irritated, racing thoughts, decreased need for sleep, grandiose ideas, restlessness, increased goal-directed behavior, rapid speech, and impulsivity and poor judgment. No, it's not funny to laugh at these symptoms, but as you read them, I'm like, oh my word, like, this is Hamilton. Like, being easily irritated. Dude, like, he's constantly, like, being just mad at everyone, racing thoughts. <laughs> Did you see how, do you see how much he has writ, wrote, how, <laughs> see how much he wrote? Like, decreased need for sleep, never slept, kept working, grandiose ideas, this grandiose idea of his legacy restlessness increased goal-directed behavior his legacy again yes he was known for like (laughs) literally he was a terrible lawyer because he would speak too much too eloquently and too quickly to be any good in the courtroom and uh, impulsive (laughs) impulsivity and poor judgment literally cheating on his wife and then publishing a paper about it in the national news Wow. So he basically just checks all of these warning sign yeah. boxes. Bipolar disorder is actually like um, it can be passed down to your children. I'm I can't say this for sure, but it's actually likely that Angelica, like it got passed down to her, and maybe maybe um, it did get passed down to some of his other children, but maybe not so much. And also, they probably weren't as close to Philip. They were probably just young and like didn't really realize it was happening but it really hit Angelica hard because she's like 17 she's like one in her teenage stage two probably has bipolar disorder and so that's probably why this happened can't can it also be like um kind of a combination of things so it sounds like Angelica had a, a predisposition for bipolar disorder already because of her father and then you add on to that a traumatic event I heard that sometimes you have someone who has the potential to be mentally ill or the genetics, the genetic potential to be mentally ill. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes all it takes is one traumatic event for uh, that person to snap and not recover. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't that I didn't think about that. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So that's like that's like twofold. Wow. Yeah, that's really sad, though. But it's super interesting, and I actually haven't heard, like, anyone else, like, talk about this or whatever. Like, no one really talks about, like, why Angelica went mad, but, like, I did some digging, and, like, I mean, yeah, I might be pulling a few strings here and there, but it really, it makes sense. No, it, it 100% does, and I love how you even, like, kind of broke it down 
and uh, not only, um, you know, just kind of going through each definition or not each definition, each symptom of bipolar and comparing it to his behavior and just how it all lines up perfectly. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. So Elizabeth cared for like Angelica for most. So what like the aftermath of her being like getting um, ill or whatever. Um, Elizabeth, her mother, cared for Angelica for, like, um, most of her life, but after Hamilton died, it became super-duper difficult for Elizabeth to take care of her because, like, Elizabeth had a really hard life, so she was sent to be taken care of by a doctor named McDonald. During this time, a nephew wrote, um, a nephew of Angelica, wrote of her during her later life he said she constantly referred to the dear brother so nearly her own age as if alive her music that her father used to oversee and encourage stayed by her all these years to the end she played the same old-fashioned songs and minuets upon the venerable piano that had been brought up for her many years before she remained in dr mcdonald's care for the rest of her life till she died at the age of 72. so she did live a long life but it was like not tragic yeah it was not a life of clarity at all (laughs) yeah sure it's just it's even in her old age the fact that he was still all she talked about is just super sad i know like like and also like there's not like help for her at all like there's no like medications or like special care she can get thankfully her family both her father was rich enough and her grandfather was rich enough to be able to keep her like in the best medical care that like the times could supply i mean it's it's also sad because you know if she was if this happened in our modern day and age there might be something that could have been done to you know heal her or at least help her kind of um to some extent have her live like a nicer or more comfortable life yeah and not to mention i wonder what happened to a lot of the lower income people who were struggling with the same issues who were unable to get that same level of care they didn't live to be 72 that's for sure poor things i'm sure they didn't (laughs) okay we have now discussed hamilton's first two children what about the others okay and now it's time for hamilton's kids rapid fire facts So first, we have Alexander Hamilton's third board, Alexander Hamilton Jr., very obviously named after his father. Hamilton actually got to meet Abraham Lincoln, who was then an Illinois state legislator in a grocery store where Lincoln was, quote, lying upon the counter midday telling his stories. Then we have James Alexander Hamilton. He acted as a secretary of state for 23 days in March of 1829. William Stephen Hamilton, the sixth child. Really find much on him. He didn't really do much of anything. So then we have Eliza Hamilton, named after her mother. In a letter to an aunt anticipating her sister Angelica's death, remarked that her mother had not wished to outlive Angelica and wrote, Poor sister, what a happy release will be hers, lost to herself half a century. Then finally we have Philip Hamilton, also called Little Phil. As I've already mentioned, he was named after his older brother who had died one year before his birth. And that's it. So pretty cool. The Hamiltons also raised Francis Antill, who was an orphan who lived with them for 10 years. So they also, she also raised an orphan beginning when she was two years old, all the way up till when she was 12. Wow. Nine kids is a lot to raise and take care of, especially when uh, you have one that you're basically taking care of full time into adulthood as well. Oh, yeah. Who remained a child into adulthood. Okay, so that's actually all the facts I've researched on Hamilton's children. So, 
unless you're a Hamilton fan. It probably wasn't all that interesting, but I found it interesting and I wanted to share it with you. And now it's just that thing you know now. We need a sign off. We need like a cool, like every good radio host has like a good sign off and we need one. Okay. Um, let me think for one second. All right. Well, this has been fun. Um, and again, I'm Isabella and I think I'm really tired of talking. So. And I'm Adora and I want to go eat a sandwich. Let's say thanks for listening at the same time. Ready? One, two, three. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. That thing I know now. Philip's death was actually twofold. It wasn't just Philip who died <laughs> that day. Sorry, hang on one second. My sister Liliana came in the room. She doesn't know I'm in here. Oh, hi. <laughs> Liliana. She can't hear you. My headphones are in. She started. Okay, okay. You're going to need to edit some stuff out of my recording because she came in and she started talking to the cat that I have in the room, but it sounds really weird. Okay, stop, Liliana. Okay, Liliana came into the room. She came into the room and she said, you bad boy. So, (laughs) I'm going to keep that part in.